Today, we are diving into the notion of credibility. What traits make a professional or organization credible? Your staff needs to believe in you, your clients need to trust you, and your friends and family need to depend on you. And credibility is that foundation. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. It's the Negroni, which is fantastic. It's a gorgeous drink. Mm-hmm. It's a gin and vermouth and Campari garnished with an orange peel. What could go wrong? Nothing could go wrong. You feel very sophisticated when you're drinking this one, so you guys should check out the recipe. I feel like sometimes people are on the fence about Campari. I like it. I do too, and we've we've I I know it more since we've been doing podcasts because we've been using it right regularly, and I never really did before. So I would I would say it's a really useful addition to your bar cart. Yeah. So what does credibility mean to you, Jen? <laughs> I mean, it means a lot of things. It it means you're trustworthy. It means people can depend on you. It means you're believable. Yeah, I think being trusted and believed in. And and the thing is, is that you don't get to just raise your hand and say, hi, I'm credible. That's a characteristic that others have to give you. Yeah, it, it is. It's funny. It's one of those things that I think as business owners, everybody knows you should be, and you try to explain that you are. You know, there's lots of things we try to self-assign, whether we are creative or credible or whatever. But this is one of those elements that has to be assigned by someone else, and you have to earn over time. That is the outside force that deems you credible or not credible. So how does one not have credibility, or how does one break credibility? Well, you can just be a liar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, okay. it's a, it's such an interesting time to talk about this because I feel like we have had a an erosion of credibility over the recent months or years. Yeah, I think on one hand, credibility has eroded. But on the other hand, I would say that there are organizations that are incredibly credible that have been the press, for example, you know, um, a fair and balanced press is something that's so important. It's the only... It's the only vocation that's in our constitution, frankly. And so it's the press has been beat up. Yeah. Well, that's interesting too. When you when you put it in that category, that makes me think of credibility as an industry standard, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are an in, in an industry that should be quite credible, but you have players who are not exhibiting credible behavior that can erode you as well, even if you are highly trustworthy. Yes, absolutely. And I think if you use the press in that example, that makes sense. You know, we've got the full spectrum of press, where it comes, whether it's right, whether it's left, whether it's trustworthy or not trustworthy. You've got um, people who relate to blogs, like it's an, an article written by a journalist. So you just have to, you know, consider the source, but it's true with, with uh, other entities and, and with people as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true with everyone from from parents to teachers to the press to your lawyer even. And it's interesting when you start talking about this example of the press, I think right now we are living in a place where for most of human history, prior to our current lives, there have been very few voices to listen to. And over the past few decades, there's been such an explosion of voices and the ability to get information from new sources that 
we used to be conditioned to read what was in the newspaper or listen to what was on the news and understand it was coming from a credible source. But now, like you mentioned, blogs, the sources are infinite. The ability to for anyone to put information anywhere, for anyone to claim authority, for anyone to say they are an expert is infinite. So that erodes people's ability to instantly understand what is a credible source, who is a credible vendor, because anybody can say so now. The The gates are wide open. I agree with you there, Jen. And it's my hope that, as you said, as an industry standard, that we now have a president who uses credibility as an industry standard. It would be nice to get back to that place. I'm looking forward to that change. Absolutely. That is for sure. It is. It has been a lost virtue. I can think of, you know, we've already talked about the press and I mean, dare, dare we mention fake news, but um, the lack of facts or the uh, anti-science folks just not using credible, just not using facts. <laughs> but I think when you, if we go, if we take it back to the human level as opposed to the industry or organization level, you know, I, th- I think it could be a lost virtue. I think the, do- the door or the window has been opened for people to um, say things that aren't true, that have no basis, in fact, which makes them not credible. Yes. And the thing where I'm hopeful and also sometimes frustrated, and I'll back up a little bit. So we, I have a love-hate relationship with titles. And bear with me on this story. Are you the strategist, the CEO, the boss, the this, the that, the other? And the thing we joke about in our office sometimes is when we get a resume from someone new or like intern level or just out of school who says they're the creative director. And we all kind of giggle because you're not a creative director unless you have worked your way up to that point and have a wealth of experience behind you. So you can't just walk out the door saying you're an expert. You have to build your expertise. And um, the, the where this lends itself to cred- credibility is also, I could call myself anything. I could say I'm an expert in anything. And people might believe me, but then I have to perform. Mm-hmm. And so without actual credibility and actual experience, the minute you start to perform, it becomes very obvious for people that you are not credible and therefore you're not trustworthy because you have positioned yourself as something that you are not. It's a very dangerous place to be. I think it's a it's a shortcut that can harm you in the end. Well, and I appreciate your I appreciate your story because it, you know, I think people are um, young professionals sometimes, um, not all, but sometimes, young professionals can be impatient to want to get their foothold or to, to say that they've arrived someplace. And so they'll use those distractions on their resume to say things like that. But it happens with our peers as well. I know, I know a sole proprietor that calls herself a CEO and I'm not sure who she's the chief executive of, except for that alludes to the fact that maybe there's a CIO and a CMO and a COO, (laughs) but if you don't have any employees, I mean, it's true. You're the, you're the principal, you're the president, but I don't know that the CEO is, is accurate. I don't know. What do you think about that? I agree about that. And it's funny because having worked my way up from being a freelancy folk to someone who actually has a staff, I used to joke about um, being the creative director of my cats 
or something along those lines, right? If there's no one to direct and if there's no one to be the chief executive of, are you those things? And um, it's tricky and it's difficult for people in smaller spaces or in industries like ours because you do at a certain point have the experience and the expertise behind you that someone in a C-suite would have. And so I can understand why you would try to give yourself a title that puts you on par with the other titles in the room. But that's where I think you you should rely back on your reputation and the credibility that you have earned and shown throughout your career and not so much by forcing a title. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that comes down to, you know, how how does one become credible? You know, so how do you build that that credibility? And that's in transparency and sincerity and um, there's something about using false titles that feels a little insincere. Um, it's in taking responsibility and being accountable. Um, yeah, but it's really trendy right now to just say you are. And, you know, this, I don't want this to sound like a couple of women at the peak of their career looking down our noses at young people who are trying to build their career and position themselves because I really do respect current trends and norms where people can really carve their own way out and invent the kind of lifestyle or business or job that they want to have. That's that's a really new thing for our culture, and I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you mentioned it earlier, you have to have held up your promises. You have to have been proven to be honest. You have to have shown results for your work in order to attain the title of credible, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I definitely am not looking down my nose at anyone. I mean, if you're going to call yourself something, that's fine. It's, it's about whether I would assign you the moniker credible. Sure. When you make that choice. Sure. Um, And this, this is so much you know, this is a lot of the stuff we talk about when we're helping brand clients, right? As we as we mention often, your brand is not what you say it is, it's what other people perceive of you. So when you have a reputation for delivering on time, going above and beyond, always being reliable, being credible, it's because you have proven it in the marketplace and people would say that if if asked. And that's the gold standard, that's what you really want. When you are outside of the room, when you're not there, and someone says, Hey, have you worked with Render Studios? How how are they to work with? And the person gives a glowing report. That's what we're talking about. You only get the glowing report if you've proven yourself. That's right. And the same could be true. Uh, the same is true, absolutely, when you're developing marketing or advertising messages. You could have a very persuasive message. But if the brand that's saying the persuasive message isn't credible, isn't perceived as believable or trusted, then it doesn't matter how persuasive persuasive the message is. It's true. It's really true. And we we saw lots of examples of that, I think, in 2020, right? When um, politicians were called out for not being honest and the Black Lives Matter movement really called into question some brands who weren't as equitable as they wanted to be or said they were, when we realized that equity is not where we think it is in our culture, I think this is a really good moment for maybe the rebuilding of credibility and trust. 
Wow. Very astute. We just want people to be honest, and we just want people to do what say, they say they're going to do and do it kindly and on time. That's, that's really all we're asking. That'll make everyone credible, and then we'll all be able to rely on each other. You know, it's funny. I just this morning had an introductory call with a young woman who's just getting out of um, her, she's getting her MFA in film. And she was introduced by a mutual colleague um, who who suggested that maybe I could mentor her for an hour or so. And she and I were on a Zoom this morning and she was being uber professional, but I could see that there was this passion behind her. So I just started asking her questions about her own why. And she got a little vulnerable and was like really diving in and like really being herself. And this was by no means a job interview, but um, just kind of, she was looking to find her way. And when I, when I pointed out that she dropped her guard a little bit and started getting passionate, I said, that's me believing in you. I said, when you were being uber professional, it felt a little robotic and I didn't feel as connected. And as she was vulnerable and as she expressed herself in a really true and authentic way, I believed her. I felt like I trusted what she was saying, but when she was being robotic, I felt like she had this guard up and I just wasn't sure where where it was coming from. When you see what you perceive to be honesty and conviction, it's easy to align with that, right? And that's 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 the great part. The the robotic facade is telling people what you think they want to hear. And telling people what you think they want to hear is false and it is insincere. Insincere and it might feel like it's going to please everybody, but that's but you don't need to please everybody. You just need to please enough people to have enough people to serve, right? So if you can expose who you truly are and what you really feel with conviction, like this young woman did with you, that builds someone's trust in you and their allegiance with you because they feel like they know the the real you instead of the fake one you're trying to put on paper. Yeah, as soon as she revealed who she really was, I got very interested in the conversation. Interesting. Do you feel like that's how it goes for you in a professional setting when you're looking for new business? I'd like to think so. My dad used to call me the what you see is what you get girl. And and I've always been direct. I've always, you know, worked very hard just to be honest, not always brutally honest, but just a straight shooter. And I'm not afraid to give hard truths, even if that's gently. But I'm also not afraid to be gleeful and celebrate a victory. You know, I just, I am, I just, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I think people respond to that. I don't do it in order to win new business. I'm just myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like you as yourself. I think you're pretty neat. Hey, thanks. I like you as yourself too. Thanks. I like, um, the idea of this. So uh, listeners, how we come up with our topics is we sort of come up with a word like credibility and we say, what do we think about that? And sometimes at the beginning, we don't know, and we have to think about it before we record. And and I really enjoy the fact that this makes us consider a trait that, that w- through this podcast, we're able to have that conversation about the ins and the outs. I don't know that we always have the right answer, but um, I hope it helps you listeners to sort of think about it in your own life too. I've really enjoyed being able to explore these kinds of topics with you, Karen. So yay for us, yay, yay for, for credibility. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think we have to have all the answers or, you know, we're not psychologists. We're not mental health experts. We're just inviting people in to listen to our debate and discussion on on topics that are interesting to us. This is true. Uh, Speaking of interesting to us, uh, the Negroni. Very interesting. Mm, I love it. 
I might have another I'm telling one. you, this one, it's just a classic, and it feels very, very fancy. It's a good thing to order if you're ever back at a bar. If we're ever back at bars, I just don't know if that will happen. I know. I remember. Soon. Yeah. Remember those days? I remember being able to just sit and be and be served. <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah. And um, because of the Campari and the, it's, it's a beautiful color. This drink is just, it's like a jewel. So I appreciate that too. Yeah. And the little orange garnish is extra jewel colors. Thank you for sharing a drink with us. As always, you can head over to our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com, to get recipes for any of our cocktails. You know, we live in a world where many people believe that happiness is the result of success or winning. Just ask any influencer on Instagram how setting a new personal record for likes makes them feel. (laughs) But it seems that it could actually be the other way around. So is happiness actually a choice? That's what we're talking about next time.